Hello, and welcome to Birth As We Know It. I am your podcast host, Kiona Nessenbaum. I have experienced birth as a doula, a student midwife, and as a mother of three amazing children with my husband and high school sweetheart by my side. After attending over 130 births, including my own, I've realized that each birth experience is truly unique. So make sure you subscribe and join me every week as we are guided through many different birth experiences through the lens of the storyteller. Please be aware that some of the stories can be triggering to hear. So feel free to pause, take a breath, and come back and listen whenever you're ready. With that said, let's prep ourselves to dive deep and get detailed about what really happens in the birth space. As a reminder, this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and has no intention of giving or replacing any medical advice. All advice that is given on the podcast is from the personal experiences of the storytellers. All medical or health-related questions should be directed to your licensed provider. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Birth As We Know It podcast. Today, I am thrilled to be interviewing my mother, my bonus mom, my person that is super awesome. (laughs) Um, I am interviewing Mirla. Mirla, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we are just going to dive right in as usual. And I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about yourself and who is in your family. Well, um, my name is Mirla Hampton Chamele. I have an amazing, amazing husband. I have been with him for about 17 years, a very, very long time. Um, and he had three amazing little girls when I met him. And uh, now they're my older daughters uh, with babies. So um, four, five, five grandbabies. And I'm excited that I get to have uh, grandbabies at my age at 39. Um, so it's, um, it's a very, very new experience. Um, and I have two of my own. Uh, Daniel is 20 and my daughter Anna is 18, about to be 19. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's my family. Yeah, I'm super excited and lo- like honored to be a part of your family because I am one of those older daughters <laughs> with three of the five grandchildren, but I'm really excited to kind of dive into what it is that you do potentially remember from like your pregnancies and births with Danny and Anna. It's going to be weird calling her Anna, but I'll call her Anna. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and just start at like conception. Like, were you trying to have kids or were they accidents? <laughs> definitely not trying, <laughs> but definitely it was very exciting. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And so with your first pregnancy with Danny, did you have any really intense symptoms or how was it when you found out? Like, what were your emotions like? So I was young, I was 18, and five months after I got married, it was the surprise that Danny was coming. So uh, we were like, oh my God, uh, so quickly. I feel like I wasn't, uh, my body um, physically and nutrition-wise was not ready for the pregnancy. I got sick a lot with Danny, uh, morning sickness all the time. It was six months, seven months, eight months still with that. And it wasn't really in the morning with Danny. It was like any time in the day that 
I felt something smelled funny or I ate something that wasn't right. It, it was just, it was bad. It was bad. Or in the car, I couldn't be in the car for a long drive because my, my stomach would get nauseous and it was very challenging. And a lot, um, for some reasons, just like some bladder infections or urinary tract infections. So I was in bed a lot and I, I did do remember eating a lot. <laughs> I would get very, very hungry. I would get crazy cravings. Um, there was one point that for a few weeks I wanted Whoppers like every day, like the full meal, the fries and the Coke and everything. And I would get so, so hungry. I did eat large pizza by myself um, <laughs> and fruits and everything. I try to eat healthy, but I did eat a lot. I did gain a lot of weight, but all the way to like almost nine months, still the lightheaded, the stomach um, nauseous with Danny. So I feel like his was a little more challenging than, than Anna's, Anna's pregnancy. Mm, so with that being your first experience, with pregnancy, did you kind of along the way, like throughout your pregnancy, kind of compare yourself to like any siblings or your mom maybe about what her pregnancies or your siblings' pregnancies were like? Uh, yes, definitely. I lived with my sisters, so they were um, kind of were comparing notes and how they felt a certain way and how I was feeling. Mine was definitely different than theirs as well. Mm -hmm. So again, that's why I thought it was like me and my body was kind of acting up that it wasn't, we didn't have the same stories. The cra crazy cravings, yes, sometimes we did. We did have the cravings like in the middle of the night of fruit or just some weird like pickles or the ice cream stuff. <laughs> yeah, that did happen to me, yes. <laughs> nice. Sounds like pregnancy. <laughs> yes. Um. Did you happen to get diagnosed with anything like through your providers like preeclampsia or gestational diabetes or like you said you were nauseous a lot did you throw up a lot to the point to where you had like this diagnosis called hyperemesis gravidarum which is where you're just throwing up all the time did you have any of those no i did not get the diagnosis on any of those i it was like a motion sickness throwing up like when your stomach gets all funny so I wouldn't I wouldn't move a lot and I was at home I didn't have a job so it was it was good that I whenever I felt a little nauseous I would just lay down and just chill for the rest of the day and again my sisters were there to help me um one thing that did happen with Danny is my iron was iron and calcium was very low mm. so they did put me on iron pills and um my calcium was low that my tooth started hurting and, mm. and that never happened to me before and I was like wait wait what and it was just that he was taking that from me so I was starting to get pain um but but that was it it was just the iron but they they, they put me on pills and it was nothing nothing major nothing big and then the nauseous it was just just a little motion motion sickness but it wasn't like all day every day it was kind of like once a day, twice a day, every other day kind of thing, but the whole eight months. So it was, it felt like a lot. Mm -hmm. I imagine that with that kind of morning or emotion sickness feeling, you were really hesitant to do 
anything too much because yes. once you did something, it was just like, oh, and there it is. And there, that's what happened. There was this one time that I was washing dishes and all of a sudden it just came and dirty, clean dishes. It was just all over. <laughs> and my, my big sister just came and she goes, just go sit down. Sit down. Don't do anything anymore. Just sit down. <laughs> Because it was worse for oh. me to help <laughs> clean. But I'm glad and very happy that I always had their support. That is awesome. Yeah, I imagine. I can see why your siblings would be like, yeah, just it's worse when you help because it's a harder mess to clean up. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, the further along you got into your pregnancy, did you have any signs or symptoms that showed that your body was preparing for labor? I mean. The normal feelings that one gets that, um, okay, it's big enough that now he's not going to fit in there anymore. And where's the bathroom? <laughs> because the bladder doesn't keep that much uh, water in there anymore. Or um, the, your breasts start to get harder and, and ready for, you know, having the process of the milk and everything. So I started seeing those changes that it was actually, actually going to happen and more and more and more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because your body is just preparing in that way. Mm -hmm. um, one question that I actually forgot to ask before I started talking about your pregnancies was, did you get a chance or an opportunity to experience a labor and birth prior to your own pregnancy? Oh, uh, yes. I was in one of my nephew's birth, Jimmy's. I was able to be in that room and see my sister and I was able to see when he came out and Jimmy was a big boy. And then I was um 17. No, no, 16. I was 16 and at 16 and being in the room it scared the lights out of me and I was like what what? Because when he was coming out then he he ripped a good part um of my sister's skin and I was like wait what that actually happened and seeing her pain and and seeing the whole process for hours it was pretty shocking very shocking but I'm glad I got to see that because I had an idea of of what labor kind of was yeah I think that that's awesome that you got to experience a birth at such a young age also um 16 is a young enough age for it to kind of be a form of birth control because it's scary <laughs> but then also it's an old enough age to kind of understand and connect what's actually happening and going on mm -hmm. yeah i think that's really awesome that you had that opportunity with that being an opportunity did you feel that seeing jimmy's birth was helpful or kind of frightening for you as you prepared for your own it was both it was helpful. I had an idea of how everything was going to kind of go. Um, it was frightening <laughs> because I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very scary. to. I don't know. It's, it's both because it's good not to know and then it's good to know. But um, I'm glad I was able to experience that because just, just knowing and having the idea of what was coming prepared me a little bit, which made me a little bit less... I mean, I'm still super nervous, still super scared, but just a little bit less um, that I kind of understood what was going to happen. Yeah. So seeing the birth of your nephew gave you 
you know, like you said, an idea of how much work you were going to have to put in to bring oh, Danny. Yeah. Yes, of course, definitely. So outside of that birth experience that you observed, did you at the young age of 18 know about childbirth education classes or did you take any childbirth education? I did. When I was pregnant with Danny, I think about six months and a half or maybe six months, um, I went to a Lamaze class that kind of helped me uh, have an idea of what what was in in the room, what one gets to experience, uh, the the teaching of breathing and focusing on one thing, and also seeing a verse in in the class and hearing other people's um experiences of where where they were, and it was it was very very educational and i really i'm really happy i got to do it and i i hope everybody gets to do something like that because it's 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 very scary and the unknown is so much not to know that everybody should know at least have an idea of what's to come yeah i think that's awesome that you took advantage of having and taking that lamaze class especially at a young age because the reason why i keep bringing up your age is because at that age of 18 there's kind of two mindsets that can kind of happen you know the oh my gosh i need to grow up let me figure out all the things i need to do or oh my gosh i'm scared i'm just gonna forget about it and run away and not really pay attention and then just wait till it happens yeah yes yes. i feel like there's not much of an in-between but of course you know every birth is different every pregnancy is different and there are some very 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 mature 18 year olds and there are some very 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 immature 18 year olds but it sounds like you were on the mature side, which is great. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> After getting all of that childbirth preparation and everything like that, when was the moment you realized you were in labor or beginning labor with Danny? With Danny uh, was um, around nine, ten at night that I started having, I already had Braxton Hicks before, so I knew what that was. And the night that I started with the contractions, I was like, okay, this is not it. I, I know what this is. So it was just started with the back pain and the lower back pain. And it's it, it was just hurting front, back. And it was about 10, 11. So I called my mom and I was like, mom, I think this is it. And she, um, we have you know, we have some teas and stuff to come down and relax. So she said, go make us some tea, get in the bathtub, relax. And I did that. And um, as the hours went by, it was getting worse, worse and worse and worse. So I was like, okay, yes, this this is definitely going to happen. So I think about um, 12, 1230, uh, we called and then they said, yes, you need to come in. So we went to the hospital and I, I didn't get to go home after that. They were like, yeah, you're, you're staying. So it was, it was that night, but it was, it was just the horrible back pain and, and abdominal pain that one that a woman cannot describe until, or don't feel until that moment that we're actually there. That is like, oh, this is not something I've ever experienced before. This is it. <laughs> yeah. That makes so much sense of that, you know, kind of figuring out thinking like, oh yeah, this is it. And then once you're at the hospital and they're like, oh, you're not going home. You're like, oh, this is really it. Like, yeah. this is like kind of that aha moment of, oh my gosh, I'm about to have a baby. Yes. And there's no going back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not at all. Um, 
so do you remember any of the details of getting checked in? Do you remember how dilated you were or anything like that? I was, I think I was about five and a half and they kept me, they just wanted me there. And, uh, it, it took a long time, uh, because again, it started at 10 and Danny was born the next day. Uh, but in that moment, they had me go into the um, bathtub and, and just do the hot water and the warm water and then come out and then walk around the room and then do laps. And then I also did, um, I sat in the, the stretch ball that you just kind of relax and also um the bed obviously at that point nothing is comfortable and they have you try way different things so they had me like okay 10 minutes here 10 minutes there 10 minutes there and I was just rotating to see what would help I guess that's what they were trying to do but it was it was long yeah as labor is expected to be right um mm -hmm. so it sounds like you know they had you just on the cycle of coping Mm -hmm. techniques and things like that um that's awesome did you have support with you in the room like did any of your sisters or family come i did i did at that time the kid's biological father was there obviously and my two sisters were there but my older sister vilma she gets so scared so quickly and then she started crying and that made me more nervous because I was like, I was like, this is not helping. My other sister was there. And th that time there was no restrictions on who was going to be in the room. And I actually didn't really plan on who I wanted to be in the room. So everybody ended up being in the room. Jimmy was there at a very little age. Diane was there. My two little nieces and nephews, they were just walking around. And I remember being on the bed in pain. And I just, just seeing the little two kids just going back and forth. And I'm like, what is going on right now? And then my sister in the corner going like, oh, she was feeling for me, but that wasn't helping. And then I see my sister Miriam on the other side, just kind of like being strong, but not really saying much. Good thing I had the midwife and I had the nurse and um, I had people that and medical assistant that knew what to do. Um, and then at one point when actually they started saying push, I, I was like, I mean, I know I've heard the word push, but I don't know what that means. And when it start, the contraction came and I had to push, I actually screamed. And they're like, no, no, you're wasting that contraction. And then at the scream, I screamed. I've never heard myself scream before, after, ever again in my life. It was the scariest scream I've ever screamed. <laughs> And then after that, I realized, oh, okay, okay, this is what you mean by pushing. My body understood what I needed to do. And then that's it. I, I, I kind of went along with that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I Okay, to go back to both of the tias in the room, one is just like breaking down and one of them is super strong. And I think it's kind of interesting that both of those tias you're looking to because they both had kids before, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. those are the little babies that are running around in your room during your labor. Yes. <laughs> They're both kind of showing two opposite sides of the spectrum of like, oh my gosh, I remember what this is like. It is so hard. Oh my gosh. And then the other one is like, oh my God, I remember what this is like. I need a strong person, strong mentality. You've got mm -hmm. this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that in itself is just really awesome. But I can also see how 
it was challenging as a person going through it to just like look at your sister who is bawling her eyes out <laughs> and just breaking down. That's kind of hilarious for me to hear. But in the moment, of course, it was very stressful. It was stressful, confusing, because I'm like, aren't you two supposed to know what to do and tell me what to do? <laughs> Right, right. Um, and then the aspect of the whole figuring out this, the pushing part and then having that scream. I think that is so awesome, actually. I think it's beautiful because that is kind of like your body's primal reaction to whatever was going on, you know? Some people would call that like a birth cry or a birth song um, because everybody that I know who has given birth talks about how they make faces and sounds that they have never heard or ever made again. Yep. Um, and it's just so surprising. So I think that's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> so once you got the hang of the pushing phase, do you remember what it felt like for Danny to like come out or like, did you experience the ring of fire or anything like that? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, their biological father was on the left side and supportive and helping with the hand and, and, and my other sister on the right side and pushing and pushing and pushing. And, and then I, I realized I didn't have to scream. I needed to use my contraction, just push down. And I felt, I was like, okay, this is it. This is really, it really hurts. It really hurts. This is going to be, it's going to be it. And then it wasn't. And I'm like, what? This is not, it wasn't because I was like, that really hurt. And I thought that was <laughs> and I had several moments that it was like this is it and when I felt the ring of fire I was like oh this is it <laughs> I was like that is definitely what they're talking about I'm gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it definitely does burn it is fire it is a crazy experience that you will never experience again just that those moments and then and then I realized okay so after this am I done in my head I'm like this is it right <laughs> so after that happened then it still had to be you know I kept pushing and get pushing and it did get a little easier um a little better but uh but yeah I definitely definitely felt every every second of everything and then when they pulled little Danny and his little shoulders I got to feel that too because he was wiggling and kind of they had to move him and stuff and it was it just felt like a little fish like if you have a little fish swimming in your mouth or like going down your throat because you still feel every little limb coming out I felt every little limb coming out it was just weird but amazing and when I felt him coming out it was just so beautiful and I was just smiling first of all smiling because I was done and then <laughs> smiling because a beautiful miracle my baby it was there so it was just it was amazing it was amazing I love that I think the metaphor of a fish like swimming down your throat is interesting but I can visualize it <laughs> and try to feel like what that would be like. Um, but I know the actual sensation that you're talking about when a baby is like moving inside your vaginal canal, that is just such, it's odd, but <laughs> mm -hmm. progressive and you know that it's almost over mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yep. So that's, yep. Yeah, that's interesting. So for all partners out there that are listening, just think about a fish swimming down your throat. 
Yeah. So when you had Danny, was he like put directly onto your chest afterwards? And if so, like, how did that feel? What were your emotions at that point? No, not directly. Um, they had to clean him a little bit. They did things differently um, at that point there. Uh, but then they did. And they, I had him on my chest. And that is just, oh, that is one of the most amazing things mothers can ever feel. The newborn is just, just, just right there on your chest, just on you. And it's just like this little miracle that you just were part of. And, and now he's out. And it's just, it's such a connection, such a bond that it just, it stays forever with, I guess, mothers. They will always stay forever in me. But it was, it was just amazing. It, it was, and I was like, it's mine. This is mine. This is my baby, mine. No one else's. And <laughs> it was just, it was just beautiful. I think that's awesome. I love that because that that first moment of having the realization of like, oh my gosh, like this is mine. I made this. I'm a mom. Like yes. the 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 creation of another human being is absolutely like what's the word? Like diabolical. You know, it's insane. <laughs> mind um, the fact, yes, mind blowing. The fact that we can do that. Um, I think it's cool. I think our bodies are awesome. <laughs> yes, amazing. Um, so with Danny, did you have any struggles with breastfeeding? Did you choose to breastfeed? Did you bottle feed? How was that? I always wanted to breastfeed. Um, that's something I chose to do since day one. Um, it was a little challenging since it was my first, my first one. Um, he, and, and he was, he would get tired a lot. He was a lazy baby in the beginning because he would just try to feed and then fall asleep in like five minutes. So I had to like wake him up and say, Hey, Hey, Hey. And I had to learn all the tricks that you have to, um, keep, keep him not too warm, make them a little cold, keep talking to them, wake him up. And so he can feed again. And, and then he got to 15 minutes, but he would do 15 minutes and then fall asleep for an hour and a half and then wake up mm -hmm. and do it again. And it was, it was hard because the more they eat, the more they sleep, but he wasn't, he wasn't like that. He would eat a little and sleep a little and then be awake and then do the whole thing all over again. Um, but after a few months, maybe like two months or three months, um, he got it more, got it more down. He would feed more and it was, it was amazing. The breastfeeding, um, experience is just it's so beautiful it's it's a connection when you have your little one next to you and he depends on you and he needs you a hundred percent and you're the person and and it's it's like wow it's it's such a connection again that it just, just stays with you and it's so beautiful to see them feed and then sleep and then and then just grow grow every day yeah. And I think one of the most awesome parts about breastfeeding or as a parent that decides to breastfeed is when you look down at your baby, even if you're bottle feeding, when you look down at your baby when they're feeding and then you see like how fat they've gotten yeah. because of like your nurturing, it's just like this reassurance of like, oh, I'm doing good, you know? Yeah. Such a milestone and how big they're doing. And yes, yes, it's it's amazing to see them grow. Yeah, that's awesome. So 
how long did you breastfeed Danny? I fed him for a year. Nice. And so was that like a choice that you started with or was it something that you kind of pushed a little further than expected or was he super demanding and you're like, no, I'm done. How was that transition Um, for you? It was a choice that I wanted to do no less than a year. And after a year, I wanted him to graduate to eat more solids and need me less. Uh, because it's, it, it's, it's very challenging to do the breastfeeding because it's the middle of the night. And, uh, personally, I wanted to do just one year, uh, just make sure I did the year. And, um, after that, I wanted to, I wanted him to do the bottle less at night to kind of have him graduate to like eat more, more during the day and not at night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was the, my, my plan to do the one year. And I, I did, I did, I did do it. I think that's great. And I think that's a really awesome way to look at it too, is just giving yourself a goal and then sticking to that goal in some way. And once you reach it, you're like, okay, I did it. Like now yeah. we can graduate to the next step. Yes. So after Danny was all weaned and everything, at what point did you decide or not necessarily decide because I don't know if she was unexpected. Um, at what point did you find out that you were pregnant again? Not too long after that, because it was a couple of years, a couple of months after. Uh, and that's probably what I was like, okay, I did a year, then I should not breastfeed Danny anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I probably could have, I just didn't want to because the, cho- the, in my head, it was like, well, there's, yeah, there's, I'm pregnant again, you know, the whole right after the breastfeed, uh, the breastfeeding and um, the birth control and all that. And all of a sudden, wait, what? There's, there's another positive and <laughs> there's another baby coming. So it, she was definitely a surprise um, again. But um, then, then I, I started focusing on my, my nutrition on Mars Day, so I wouldn't have as hard as a pregnancy that I had with Danny, and then push Danny to do bottle and um, eat more solids and stuff like that. But yeah, she was definitely another surprise. Yeah. So just for the listeners, we might refer to Anna as Marse as well, um, just because right. that's what we call her. Marse, Marcella is her middle name, but we call her Marse. Her first name is Anna. So whoever out there in the world just decides to listen to this and knows her, you know who we're talking about. (laughs) So when you found out that you were pregnant with Anna, how was the process on that? You said that you started paying more attention to your nutrition. Is that because you wanted to not feel the same way you felt during your pregnancy with Danny? Or did you start also having similar symptoms? Definitely because I didn't want to have the same symptoms as Danny. Um, I focus more on eating healthier, healthier foods, on eating more um, my my meals that I should be eating. And yes, it was a decision that I made that I didn't want to have to struggle so much. And actually, I didn't. Uh, with Anna, I had morning six- sickness. But the funny thing was, is that it was just in the morning. And it was just three months. The doctor kept saying, It'll go away in three months. And I was like, mm, I hope so. And to the day, three months, I stopped. 
with her. It was it was insane. I looked at the calendar. I was like, oh my gosh, it's three months today. And that's it. I didn't have any more sickness. Morning, afternoon, or night, I didn't. Not with her. But it was challenging those three months in the morning. I had to um, open my eyes slowly every morning, sit up slowly, and put my feet down slowly. And I had to grab crackers. And I had to just eat them slowly and then get up. Because if I would just get up like you normally get up, it would be going to the bathroom. And just Mm. that was it. (laughs) Yeah, that is so interesting that you say that. Because the whole process of like the steps you took to prevent your nausea from being too bad in the morning. My best friend does similar things now because she's pregnant and she does similar things now. So it's interesting to hear that um, because I hadn't really heard, I haven't personally dealt with morning sickness in that manner. And I hadn't really touched base with many people to the point to where they had a system down, mm. or at least we didn't talk about it. So I think that's awesome for mm-hmm. you to have, you know, your go-to things. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm waking up, I'm getting crackers and starting the day off slow. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. It, they really did work. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad that it worked. And I also feel like it probably was somewhat of a relief to realize that at the three month mark, it actually stopped. Yes, yes, it stopped. And I was the one that I went to the doctor with the list of questions because I had so many questions all the time. And that was one of them like, okay, what do I do? And I need to prevent this and this is not happening again. And whenever I went to my regular checkups, I had my 20, 15, 20 questions. And I like to always know and be prepared. And I, I love patients that are always asking the doctors questions because that's the only way we're going to know what's going on. And I encourage everybody to just keep asking as many questions as you can, because it's so, 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 so helpful. Yeah, I agree. I would say ask all the questions because there's no such thing as what people would say is a stupid question. Um, Everybody is at different levels of education and exposure and just to pregnancy, labor, birth, all the things, you know, there are some people that don't find out they're pregnant until they're five months pregnant. And they're like, Oh my God, I've been having periods all this time. Like, what does that even mean? You know, like everybody's body is so different. So Uh I very much encourage all the questions. Yes. After your morning sickness was gone with Anna, did you have any other symptom replace that? Like, were you coasting through the rest of your pregnancy or were there any complications? I did not. I was going to school. I was going to college, me and my sister in California. We were going to school Monday through Friday, and I was babysitting, actually. Uh, My parents would keep Danny, and I was um, babysitting for a couple of hours every day, and then school in the afternoon, in the evening, and I felt... I felt good. I felt great. I was able to eat uh, normal stuff. There wasn't something that I, that it was like, I wasn't able to keep down. And I was pretty, pretty healthy with, with Anna's, Anna's pregnancy. That's awesome. So by this time, it sounds like the pregnancy is way smoother with Anna than it was with Danny. Yes. And at what point in your pregnancy or at what point did you realize that you were in labor with Anna? Was it different than with Danny or was it similar? No, it was different because Anna was to be born December 3rd. 
Uh, so it was a Friday, and I felt normal. I felt fine. And um, the doctor calls me Wednesday and says, well, she's due on the 3rd, and do you just want to induce on the 3rd? So she she's born on the day that we were supposed to. Uh, mind you, at this point, the doctor said that she was going to be a boy. So we're talking about your son, Samuel. <laughs> Samuel. <laughs> And, oh, well, if Sam is supposed to be born on Friday and it doesn't look like it, so do you want to schedule uh, to be induced? And I, first I was like, okay, sure. But then I thought about it and I was like, no, 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 no. She, he should come whenever he's ready to come because I was, I was feeling so normal. I was feeling so healthy. I was feeling good. And I didn't want to push him out if he wasn't ready. I wanted him to just choose whenever he was ready. It was going to happen. So at that point, I called back and I said, no, no, I just want him to take his time and to um, just decide when he wants to be born. That's just when he's going to be born. So that was Friday. And and they told me, okay, well, um, you wanna if you wanna induce labor, just walk a lot. And they mentioned spicy foods, and I was like, okay, I would just laugh. And then Saturday night, they had pupusas at church, and and I put so much spice in the, in the pupusas, and I was like, oh, maybe this is true, maybe it helps. So I ate it. Funny thing was that was like at nine, um, and then. At about six o'clock in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And I started feeling the pain that I I felt with Daniel. I was like, wait, 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 this is, I know what this is like. I understand this pain. And I was like, I think this is going to happen. So I think, I think it was five, five o'clock. And then um, we went to the hospital. Uh, we got admitted at six. Uh, and sure, they, they were like, yep, you're staying, you're not going anywhere. And again, at that point, I would, it would, it had been really fast, really fast. I think I was about six, six and a half and nine fifteen, she was born. Wow. The, the, the labor pains were just escalated very quickly. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And then at the time I was like, maybe I want the epidural. And then, because at first I was like, I don't want the epidural. I want nothing. I'll do it normal. And then they're like, oh, it's too late. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just pushed through. So then a, a few push, a few pushes that I did. And then there she was crying. It was so fast with Anna. And then all of a sudden it's not a boy, it's a girl. So it was shocking that they were saying, no, she's coming. And I was like, what? There she's, she's literally coming out. And I was, I was expecting it to take again, like Danny, like 10 hours, but no, she was ready for the world on December 5th. And that's when she was born. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And what a crazy thing, you know, because, you know, technology and science, like in the day and age that Danny, I mean, Marse, Anna, was born was still decent enough to be able to tell you the accurate, you know, yeah. Yeah. gender of your baby. But to be fair, there is never anything that is 100%. Obviously, Anna is like living proof of that. But <laughs> I how was that for you? Like, what amount of shock did you have? And how did you come up with like, her name knowing that she was going to be Samuel, but she was no longer a boy? Like, how was that process? 
Yeah. So first I was shocked that she was born because, again, I was expecting like to be in the hospital the whole day and I was expected to be in pain like the whole day. And then I was like, whoa, she's here. I am holding her and it's a girl. So it was it was crazy emotions. I was crazy happy. And I was super, super happy that she was a girl. And I was like, yay, I'm not going to have two boys. I'm going to have a boy and a girl. And um, I could we could not think of her name that day. It was just so such adrenaline, such such a moment that we were just, just not even thinking about that we didn't have a name. And the next day is that they brought the papers in and they're like, well, you're going to have to choose a name. And I was like, what? Why? I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. I saw so many names for boys and I had so many boys' names but I didn't have a girl name. And then um, we were talking on the names and it was like, oh no, what about your name, Mirla? I was like, no, 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 I don't want my daughter to have my name. I don't like Mirla. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it was like, it was like, hmm, okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, what about Marcella? It's your mom's name and she will love it. We'll get some good points with, with mama. And then I was like, oh, but that's my sister's name because my sister Lauren, whenever she wanted to have, she wanted her girl, she was going to name her Marcella. And I was like, I can't take the name from her. And I was like, or can I? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I was like, okay, we'll play with Marcella. And then it was like, what about Anna? Because my niece and nephew called me Anna for Joanna. And I was like, oh, okay. That we cut my, it, she'll still have part of my name that would say Anna and and it's not Mirla, but it's still Joanna. So it's still the Anna. So that's how she came to be Anna Marcella. <laughs> mm, and there was I love no that. Clothes. There was no clothes too. Um, he had to run out and get some, uh, a little dress, came back with a little tiny dress and little tiny shoes. Uh, so we could dress her up to go home the day after. Oh, that's so cute. I love that whole story about how the name came about. I think that is awesome. I think that the process of that, of finding people close to you to come up with the name is even better. Yeah. Because it's not just like looking up a random name online, scrolling and like stopping with your finger, like a spin wheel, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's meaning behind it. So she's yeah. kind of like a, a junior, but not, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted that. I imagine that back at home, you had all boy stuff. So yes. did you and your family go on a shopping spree? Well, um, I, I, the first, the first few weeks, uh, she was blue. <laughs> she wore blue stuff. <laughs> so wherever we go to the store, he's like, oh, you're a little boy. And then I try to put her like a little pin. She looked like a little girl, uh, but I was like, no, it's a girl. Uh, but then after the couple of weeks, then I, I was able to go go to the store and I was like, it's time. She cannot be wearing all blue clothes and people are still going to say it's a boy. But yeah, so we then we went and bought little girl stuff. I think that's so cool. And, you know, that's that's also everybody else's problem of just assuming that she is a boy because she's wearing blue, you know, like it yes. happened with Katana too. Like Katana was in a lot of gender neutral, what people would say gender neutral colors yes. for a long time. 
Uh-huh. And she wears a lot of her brother's hand-me-downs, so they assume that she's a boy. And I'm just like, man, if baby's not wearing pink, then everybody's a boy, you know? That's just that's just what society has decided right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love that story. Oh, I forgot to ask. I wanted to ask you, when you were in labor with Anna, was there support people in your room then as well, or not as much this time? At that point, not as much because it was in the morning. It was Sunday morning. Um, my sisters were in Washington. I was in California. My parents, we really quick on our way to the hospital, dropped off Danny. And we're like, it's happening. It's happening. Here's Danny. <laughs> so we left Danny in the morning. And then in the room, it was just my husband at that time. And the the doctor that was actually taking doing my care wasn't there. So I got a um, replacement doctor and um the nurse and the medical assistant i definitely liked danny's experience more because i had um six um midwives that would rotate throughout the the 40 weeks and i got to know them all so in that Mm. room i saw a lot of familiar faces with anna i didn't it was just the hospital had um certain doctors and they didn't have midwives but um I mean, at that point, you just need help. So <laughs> it is nice to have familiar faces, but at the end of the day, let's just get this done. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I think, and you know, from the outside, it sounds like it's better to have not known people as much during Anna's birth because it was quicker than Danny's birth. So you kind of like didn't have to deal with them as much that, as if it was as long yeah. as Danny's. Yeah. Very, very true. Very, very true. (laughs) Maybe your body was like, I don't recognize some of these faces. Let's hurry this up. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that's so cool. How was your breastfeeding experience with Anna? Oh, um, with Anna, again, my body was so ready for everything uh, at that point. And again, I started with the liquids and and the soups and everything. I had a lot, a lot of uh, supply. Uh, And Anna was a hungry baby. She Mm. would want to feed 30 minutes uh, and sleep for three, three and a half hours and feed again. And she was just so hungry when she'd wake up that she... She made two more of the little holes that I didn't have in my nipples. And then as soon as she'd go to sleep and then three hours and I would put um, little ointments or um, warm cloth um, towels to help because, you know, you'd bleed. And then you kind of, it was, it was, it hurt so much. And I was like, oh my God. And I was just, just in so much pain, just trying to relax how um, swollen I, I got. And, and then, and after a couple of hours, it was like, okay, the skin, the skin is maybe healing, but then she'd wake up again. And as soon as she'd woke up and she wanted to feed, I, there were some times I cried. I was like, no, no, please, no, (laughs) because it was just going to do it all over again. And then when she, when she would feed, it just hurt so much. And it was just like my skin breaking all over again. But, um, after a couple of days, it just, my skin just got used to it and it didn't heal too close again. So it was just, it was just there. And again, she was such a hungry baby that uh, she slept very good, fed very good. Every, everything was, was really healthy with her. So it was worth it. 
<laughs> of course, all the pain we go through as parents, it's worth it in the end, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think that's so amazing. And I love being able to actually hear the birth stories of my younger siblings and to hear what was going through your head and how you were feeling throughout your pregnancy. Cause as you know, birth is my jam and mm -hmm. I have never had the opportunity to sit down with you and talk with you about these things. So yeah. I think that it's super fun and really great. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of questions. When we all had our babies, myself and my sisters, when we had our babies, you made this special drink. Did you <laughs> consume that special drink as well with these babies of yours? Of course. <laughs> my mom gave me the whole pot for like five, six days. And then when I finished that one, there was another one and another one. So, and Marcia was just loving it because she was just hungry all the time. And I was really, really happy. And I, I that's why I believe in the drink a lot because my milk got to be very thick, like actual 2% milk, you know, 1% milk. <laughs> or the, and, and I was, I would see the milk and I was like, wow, this is, this is really good. It's very, very healthy. So I'm, I'm all for doing everything I can to form my babies, of course, even if it's painful or if I'm so full and I still have to eat, I do it for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually pretty tasty and I'm not sure if this is true, but I imagine that the recipe for this drink may have slightly adjusted over the years to just help encourage that lactation and production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's 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 a, a thirteen cereals in one box, and then we do half of that in one one um gallon. But then we put the um chocolate one chocolate bar to make it tasty. Like you said, we we made it better throughout the years, and then we put a little this other mix that we buy. So we 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 kind of like mix three things in what it was, but it's actually better. It is. It is. It has different cereals and it it's very 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 healthy. Yeah, I I loved it. I loved <laughs> it. Sometimes I just want to drink it and I don't need more milk, but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So as we round up this interview, I'd love to ask you just a few questions. Um is there any advice that you would give to any pregnant people out there? Yeah. Back in my day, there wasn't a lot of um, um, educational stuff or resources as we have now. Now everything is very, it's like everywhere. It's in our phone. It's it's our friends. It's our family. It's, it's conversations in the TV. It's shows. Um, just get as much as information as you can. What is one word that you would use to round off both of your experiences of pregnancy and birth? The one word I was thinking, it's a, it's a miracle. Miracle just says it all because it's amazing. It's crazy. It's, it's our minds can wrap ourselves, our minds around on what just happened and how to, how and what, and it's just such a miracle that we we women get to experience and we get to go through the labor, the pregnancy, the labor, and then having our little one in our hands. I just, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think it is very much a miracle. 
So thank you so much, Mirla. I really do appreciate you sharing your stories on the podcast with me and for all the listeners. I am super excited for my siblings to hear it as well. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Love you. Yeah. Love you too. Hello again, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm super excited to say that I had a blast interviewing Mirla. Both of us were a little bit off that day, but I still think that the recording turned out fantastic. Mirla had some really intense allergies going on, and I was having a lot of technical difficulties, but we made it work. And so I'm super excited. So thank you, Mirla, for being able to share your stories with me and the audience on the podcast. And I really hope that Danny and Anna really enjoy their stories and can look back and listen to this knowing that you worked so hard to bring them here. Next week, we're actually going to have a surprise guest because I don't know who it's going to be yet. I will be recording interviews with three different individuals this upcoming Sunday, and I will do my best as a host to choose the next story that I feel fits the flow of the show. So tune in next week for the surprise guest. So thank you so much for listening to this episode today. Please don't hesitate to share this episode with your family and your friends. And I just launched my Patreon account. So go ahead over to patreon.com forward slash birth as we know it. And you will be able to see what my tier of offering is. Right now, my tier of offering is a basic offering where... If you become a patron, then you will get a shout out at the beginning of each episode and you will also just be supporting my passion for this work as well as supporting the podcast to be able to continue to produce amazing stories to share with the community. Also, don't hesitate to leave a review for the podcast because that brings it up for others and they could see it and listen to it as well. And if I start getting enough reviews, maybe I'll start doing a review of the week. So... Just keep putting those reviews on, bring the podcast up to people's attention, and we'll go from there. Thanks so much. Bye.